Hey everyone, Future Gabe here. Uh, before today's episode, I wanted to let everyone know that we have listed a link to the Middle Eastern Children's Alliance to help provide emergency funding to the families forced to leave their homes in Gaza. Our donations will go towards hospitals and other emergency relief centers. We encourage you to please donate and help those who are suffering. Please remember that this is a humanitarian crisis and we must do our part. The link is will be in our episode bio and will be on our social soon. Thank you, and on with the show. Good evening, and welcome back to Bottom of the Barrel, the podcast where we uh, trudge through the absolute filth that is the bottom of cinema. My name is Katie. I'm going to be your host this evening for the February February special report of Bottom of the Barrel, and I am joined by my lovely co-hosts, Gabe and Jake. Please introduce yourselves. Or not, you know, that's fine. <laughs> I was seeing how long that we could go silent for. Um, hi, I'm Gabe. Hello, I'm Jake. I'm so happy that we've done this so many times before. <laughs> it's like episode 30 and we're still trying to figure out our intro. Yup. Well, uh, welcome to the February special report. Uh, how you guys doing on this Fine Thursday evening. Not about as good as an armadillo on the side of the road. No. Well, <laughs> what do you mean, no? No, that's not a saying. You're not allowed to say that. That's also not a reaction to how someone is doing. <laughs> I mean, it's my reaction, and I'm always valid, so. <laughs> Jake is always right. I have to, I've, I have not come to learn this in our, in our eight years of friendship. Yeah, Jake, how are um... you doing? Um, I mean, I'm usually right, so I'm doing great, honestly. So. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's it's great. It's easy being right, so yeah. <laughs> it must be so nice being you, Jake. <laughs> honestly, yeah. Well, thank you guys for asking, but I am doing amazing myself. Hey, Katie, how are you? I don't care. Why did you ask? <laughs> yeah, why did you ask? Because I genuinely want to know how you feel. No, you don't. <laughs> You've never <laughs> given a shit about my feelings. Um, I'm doing great. I got a haircut, finally. I say finally. It's been like three weeks to a month since I got my last haircut. But it wasn't... This is nothing against the salon or the hairdresser or anything. It just... It wasn't cut short enough the last time I went to the, the salon to get it cut. And so it, it was super like overgrown and, and like way too thick and way too long. All right, so our first article of the evening uh, is an article from The Hollywood Reporter written by uh, Christy Pena. Um, title, Drive Away Dolls Team on, on a Need for More Queer Cinema Celebrating Matt Damon Day on Set. <laughs> so, um, Jake, have you seen the, um, any teasers for Drive Away Dolls? Yes, I have. Uh, Gabe and I are super excited about this movie. It looks really cool, and I'm really excited. Yeah, uh, it's, a, it. it's a Cohen brother. Well, uh, Joel Cohen, right? Right, yes. Yeah. Um, no, Ethan Cohen. Oh, the other one. Um, so this article reads as follows. Beanie Feldstein, Margaret Qualley, Geraldine, uh, Geraldine Viswanathan, Trisha Cook, and Ethan Cohen celebrated the premiere of their upcoming queer comedy, Drive Away Dolls, in New York City on Tuesday night. The film follows two women, played by uh, Viswanathan and Quali, as they embark on a road trip to Tallahassee, Florida. 
But things go awry when they come across a group of inept criminals. Husband and wife duo Conan and Cook. Cohen and Cook co-wrote the script in the in the early 2000s and tried to get it made then, but struggled with studios wanting to back a lesbian comedy at the time. Quote, it's like, it's like, what was it that works now that didn't work then? It's a lesbian road comedy. Cohen told The Hollywood Reporter at the premiere, quote, it's a gay-themed thing that was more difficult to do then. We couldn't get it done then. People are more receptive to that. It's less of an issue now than it was then, end quote. Cook echoed that LGBTQ projects were, were still made 20 years ago, but, quote, our film is kind of light and a little frivolous, and so maybe people didn't feel like it was important enough to be made back then, end quote. Also opened up about the about the dynamic on set among the Drive-Away Dolls cast, which also included Coleman Domingo, Pedro Pascal, Bill Camp, Matt Damon, and uh, Joey Slotnick, and C.J. Wilson. Quote, everybody, everyone knew the tone of the movie, end quote. Cook shared. Quote, every day on set, it was just kind of joyful and people were happy to play. Cohen agreed and added that everyone was down to just jump in and do something unexpected whenever needed. For younger actors like Feldstein, Quali, and... Uh, Bis- Hang on, Gabe, cut this out for me. <laughs> my, I'm so I'm I'm turning red. My my I'm so embarrassed that I'm such an awful white person. For younger actors like Feldstein, Quali, and Viswanathan, getting to work opposite stars like Damon, Domingo, and Pascal in camp was extra special. The woman even dubbed the day that the Oppenheimer actor was on set quote Matt Damon Day. Quote, we were all just like, oh my god, it's almost Matt Damon Day. We just kept calling it Matt Damon Day because the alliteration was great, Feldstein told THR. Quote, it was as dreamy and wonderful as I could have hoped. He was like a big girl dad. He has like big girl dad energy and just kind of girl dadded towards the three of us, and it was amazing. Um, yeah, what's everybody's kind of thoughts on that? That's fun. I mean, it's... It is interesting to hear about other actors getting excited to work with other actors. Because yeah. it's like, in our minds, they're just all celebrities, but they are just kind of people, you know? And, yeah, and like, when well, they meet... And when they meet bigger stars <laughs> and they have reactions like that, it's always fun. Yeah. And also, like, the actors in that movie, like, they're around our age, right? Uh, uh, yes. Yeah, a little the, older, I think. The, yeah. I believe the two lead actresses are... Are fairly young about our age. Yeah, so like, um, this makes me think of movies like Book Smart, which Beanie Feldstein was in that. That's a shoot. Like, yeah, Feldstein was in that too. Yeah, and the and Bottoms. I still haven't seen that yet. I don't uh, really want to. Yeah, same. you need to see it. It's really good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, like, um, it's we're getting like a trickle of like queer movies that like actually like, and like I feel like interestingly enough, when it comes to like queer comedies i feel like i'm seeing like lesbian main like main leads more and more often which like specifically that demographic i find it's interesting to see like mostly like um like lesbians like accepted in this demographic because i find that lesbians in comedy are usually used for perverse reasons so it's it's nice to see them be the main characters and also be goofy dumb and sometimes assholes <laughs> and it's really fun get yeah. these little dollar beans out of my movies <laughs> um, a... we we saw a similar thing with uh that movie bros it's like oh, a yeah. gay romance 
rom-com mm-hmm. that that apparently was pretty successful in the box office. Yeah, I yeah. think that's pretty cool. I I agree. I think this is really, I think it's really really sweet and really like wholesome to see like these these young actresses, um, like like that's how I would act. Sit- like if I if like Pedro is on set, I'm like. <laughs> I said Pedro Pascal, but like, like he's your scene partner, you know? Right, exactly. So I think it's it's really sweet and really wholesome to see like young actresses like this. I don't know, react so strongly to to in our minds celebrities that are of the same status as they are, but they see them as these yeah. bigger and brighter stars. I think it's it's I don't know something that it's kind of wholesome. Yeah, just like actor actors and actresses being excited to be on set together. Yeah, I think it's fun. Um, all right, moving on. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on actors or actresses doing their own stunts? Um, depends. If you're you're not Tom Cruise, don't do it. (laughs) It really depends on the stunt, the, like, the environment of the stunt, how, -hmm. like, the contract, like, there's so many factors that matter in this, and it really... Because, like, there are stunt doubles for a reason. They are professionals. They know how to take falls. They know how to take fights. They know how to do the dramatic stuff because they train for it. There are some actors that have also done stunt work and have also, like, have, have, like, some professionalism in taking falls, doing fights, and stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. there's a lot of factors on, like, who's the actor, what's the environment of the set, and all that stuff. Sure. Well, let's talk about uh, Sylvester Stallone uh, <laughs> doing his own stunts. Um, yeah, I mean, I do my own stunts. You know what I mean, man? This is another article from The Hollywood Reporter written by Zoe G. Phillips um, titled uh, Sylvester Stallone warns, quote, do not do your own stunts following seventh back surgery after expendables injury. So, uh, Sylvester Stallone is still putting himself back together following stunts on 2010's Expendables. The movie star said on his family's reality show this week that he recently underwent his seventh back surgery stemming from injuries sustained on the film's set. Quote, there's something romantic about doing your own stunts, Stallone shared on the fourth episode of The Family Stallone Season 2, which aired Wednesday. Quote, there's something very unromantic about, about after doing your own stunts. In the episode, Stallone said... His- says his pain emanates from an incident in which he was body slammed by his co-star WWE legend Steve Austin during a fight scene in the first Expendables movie. Stone cold. <laughs> Quote, I remember one slam and I could act- and I could actually feel one bang, he said. Quote, I never recovered from Expendables 1, he continued. Af- Quote, after that film, it was literally phys- it was literally physically never the same. So I warn people, don't do your own stunts. Later in the episode, Stallone heads to his seventh back surgery, where a doctor explains his team will clean a large herniated disc in his back. Quote, Sly tries to mask the pain, pretends like it didn't happen, Stallone's wife, Jennifer Flavin, said. Quote, he doesn't like people to know he's he's had so many surgeries. Stallone's daughter, Sistine, adds that, quote, I think my whole childhood, he was in pain. He did everything he could to push through the pain and be present. Slavin adds that she's, quote, never seen Stallone not in good spirits, uh, end quote, ahead of an operation. Quote, he's had, he has a great attitude, but it's, but quote, it's very scary for our family. Uh, the episode ends with a successful operation. Quote, I'm hoping this is the one to make him live a more comfortable life, his wife said. 
Uh, any thoughts? I did not know that... Well, I guess this is just me being ignorant of Sylvester Stallone, because I... I really watch ignorant it. of Sylvester Stallone. I don't watch many of his movies. I haven't seen many of his movies, like, ever. I did not know that he did his own stunts. Therefore, I had no idea that he sustained, like, an actual injury. I think he, like, tries... Uh, I mean, most action stars try as much as they can to do as many stunts as they're allowed to do. Sure. <laughs> so, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, he was yeah, in no. all of the, the Rambo movies, and, of course, obviously he was Rocky, and... You know, there's a there's a movie he was in called Cliffhanger. Um, real big crowd for Cliffhanger. All right. <laughs> yeah, but like he's like an older guy too. Like he's like, hmm. It's very much like a thing of getting body slammed by a professional wrestler, and like mm-hmm. by Stone Cold like, Steve Austin, mind you. <laughs> He is imagine, years old. imagine a seven foot bald <laughs> WWE star running at you full speed, like, hey, I'm going to take you down. Sylvester that... is uh, 77 years old. Yeah, it, it makes sense. Like, a lot of those injuries are long persisting, and it's. I'm just. Hmm. I, like, I wonder what the stipulations and rules are for, like, doing your own stunts in the first place, because when it comes to, like... I mean, you're you're contractually you know, binded to do some stuff, and then you're contractually binded to not do some stuff, so I think it just depends on who they are, like, the status of their celebrity-ness. I mean, like... And what the insurance covers. And also, there's like safety regulations that like make it to where it's like you can't do some things no matter who they are. But then, like, unless you're Jackie Chan, which to be fair, he's a piece of shit, but like you know, he just does all of his own stunts. Yeah, like no, it, it there there is definitely like a especially if you're doing like physical movies, doing the stunts along with like all the things that like have like that you have to be part of to be filmed. Like sure. any close-ups or running or just like it's it's a lot of it seems very physically taxing. Oh yeah. And and if you do an entire series of those movies and you try to do your own stunts, that seems excessive, especially. Yeah. But just yeah, like I said, I I I found this really fascinating because I had absolutely no idea that he sustained an injury. Uh, in 2010, or before 2010 for Expendables. So, moving on. Um, so, this article, uh, Josh Brolin in talks to star in Zack Krieger's horror thriller Weapons. This is a um, Hollywood Reporter exclusive. Um, Josh Brolin is in negotiations to star in Weapons, a new line, hor- new line horror thriller from barbarian filmmaker Zack Krieger. Uh, before we go any further, uh, Gabe, do you have any thoughts on this? Uh, I do know that he was uh, originally Petro Pascal was supposed to be in it. Yes, that is and correct. And then Josh Brolin replaced him. Mm-hmm. Are you in any way excited for this? I I am. Uh, I don't think I liked Barbarian as much as he did. Um, at least the more I think about it, because wait, the... more than I did. Yeah. Oh, I thought you liked Barbarian way more than I did. 
Not now, oh, I wouldn't okay. say. I think probably when I first watched it, I did. Okay. Um, this weird, uh, like, fight about Smile and Barbarian. Like, which one was better? You liked Smile way more than I did. Oh, yeah, then, I, I still love Smile. Yeah, I think, I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think I did originally like Barbarian a lot more. But the more, I, again, I'll probably have to rewatch it. Sure. Um, to really have a full opinion on it. Mm-hmm. But, I th- yeah, I think you're right. I liked it. Yeah. Jake, have you seen Barbarian? Nope. Oh, well, uh, highly... Well, cool. All right. I <laughs> highly recommend it, uh, even though Gabe is a butthole. I I highly recommend it. Um, and I might have to rewatch it before I see Weapons, but... Uh... Isn't Zack Cracker also doing... No, that's... Uh... What's his name? Um, uh-huh, that guy. I was Yeah, that guy. I was thinking of the Nosferatu movie that's coming out, but that's... Oh, who's doing that? Robert Eggers. Oh, uh, ooh. Yeah, not ooh. Kreger. <laughs> it's what? Eggers. What's he did Eggers uh, The Northman and The Witch. That's oh, it. Ooh. Yeah. That should be a really cool... Like, I'm really interested. I think Willem Dafoe is in it. I think Bill Skarsgård's playing Nosferatu, if I'm not mistaken. Most, Speaking of which, we just a, watched do it. I think it's going to be a really cool, like, atmospheric movie. Yeah. Knowing, like, what The Witch was like. I still need to see The Northman. Yeah. I've heard it's pretty decent, though. Speaking of Nosferatu, though, we watched uh, The Last Voyage of the Demeter. Well, Ooh, we finished it last so night. So many thoughts about this. Yeah. So we got through the first half of it. Uh, uh, a couple nights ago. Yeah, a couple nights ago. It was, it was kind of slow. We were really tired because it was really late, so we didn't finish it. And... We put it back on, and I think within the first few minutes, Gabe was like, it's just so slow. It's very slow. Like, it, it was really slow. And then the last, but, like, the last act, the last third of the movie was so freaking good. Yeah. It was, like, jam-packed, full of action, a lot of really cool effects. The the CGI in, like, the fire and certain things was the a little The fire bit, is eh. It was a little eh. But? But a lot of the shots and, like the like storyline and how it connects to uh Bram Stoker's Dracula is amazing. If you don't know, um The Last Voyage of the Me- of the Demeter is the movie is only it's, based it's about on the dirt the, that's being moved. It's it's based on a ship log from Bram Stoker's Dracula. So a very small part of the novel. It's a really cool idea. It is. Yeah. It's a it's an amazing idea and I I love what they did with it. I'm I think here in the next couple of weeks, I might have to watch it all the way through to like get the full effect of it. But the the last third, mwah, chef's yeah. kiss, it's chef's kiss, good. amazing. Yeah, because like the original Dracula was told through like news articles, ship logs, diary entries. It was like yes, it was a very slow like um like and everything about it was told very slowly, very methodically. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of like huge different reports. It's yeah, a it's a very huge book. Yeah, I think. So, like, oh, that's... we don't have it. That book that I have up there is his short that's stories. That's the short stories. Yeah, yeah. I have Bram Stoker's short stories. I don't have Dracula. I need that is like half of Dracula. Yeah, no kidding. And that's all of his short stories. Yeah, I need to get Dracula. I don't know why I don't have it. Okay, so uh, continuing on this article about weapons, uh, the feature is Krager's highly anticipated barbarian follow-up and was was to have shot last year, but the dual writers and actor strikes caused the movie to push its initial fall 2023 start of production. The that caused a conflict with the project's previous star, Pedro Pascal, whose uh, whose schedule ran up against his commitment to Fantastic Four, which is shooting this summer. So because of the pushback from 
the the strike is why uh, it kind of disrupted um, Pascal's um, schedule. Kreger wrote the top secret script for weapons, which is described as an interrelated multi-story history or not history, multi-story horror epic that tonally is in the vein of Magnolia, the 1999 action cramped showcase from filmmaker Paul Thomas Anderson. The project is also a reunion of the Barbarian producing team. Kreger is producing along with Roy Lee of, of Roy Lee of Vertigo and JD uh, Lifshitz and Raphael um, Margules of Boulder Light Pictures. Vertigo's Mary Yoon um, is also going to be producing. If a deal makes, it will be a coup for the production. Brolin is known to, to be choosy about projects and directors, and while he has done sci-fi and comic book movies, he has never done a horror movie. The actor... Uh, he was in The Hollow Man, which I think is like horror-adjacent. Brolin? Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that. I'm just reading from the article. Uh, hold on. Yes. He, uh, 2000. That is a sci-fi horror. He was so. on the production team for it? Do it. He was on the production team for it, or he was... Oh, no, he was just in it. Oh. Okay. Well, he has never worked on, like, produced a oh. a horror movie. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, the actor next appears in Dennis um, Villanueva's uh, Star Pack. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm awful with pronunciation. What is his last name? Villanueva. Villanueva. Thank you. I'm very sorry. That's my fault. I am very bad at pronunciation. Welcome back to bottom. <laughs> uh, Villeneuve's star-packed sci-fi extravaganza Dune Part 2, where he reprises his role of War Master uh, Gurney Halleck. Warner Bros. And, legend- and Legendary open the movie March 1st. He also stars in Amazon's neo-western sci-fi series Outer Range, whose new se- season debuts in May. Um, in addition to acting in the series, Berlin is is uh, executive producing and this, se- and this season even directing an episode or two. So, I'm very excited for this movie. What? The Aquaphor. Can you hear it? Oh, yes. Sorry, you were just pointing. I didn't know what you Oh, well, to... sorry. I didn't want to interrupt. Well, too bad. You interrupted anyways. Well, now we made a whole scene about it. <laughs> well, getting I back to like... topic... <laughs> <laughs> I'm really excited about this movie. Um, it seems like very like under wraps right now. And but I'm I'm interested to see it, you know. I'm wondering if it's going to be a an anthology or if it's just like or if it is a quote unquote multi story horror epic. Right. I'm really interested. Yeah, like I wonder what that means too, like multi story like multi story horror epic. That that's an interesting way to describe it. Yeah, that's it, it kind of it... feels like uh maybe along the lines of like creep show or um like trick or treat where trick or treat is an anthology but everything connects in some way. Right. Yeah, like trick or treat's a very good movie and I'm... great movie. We should do an episode great. on trick or treat. Oh yeah. It would be really fun. Yeah. But I'm really excited to um to learn more about this movie as it comes out. Um, let's move on to something I'm not excited about. Oh. Um, this is an article from Empire written by Ben Travis. 
Four Beatles biopics coming from director Sam Mendez, one for each oh, band member. God. I'm so glad Jake feels the same way as I do. Why? I why just, is that necessary? Why do we care? But we did Listen, Freddie Mercury. They were all a bunch of wife beaters, <laughs> but guess what? They made some weird music. So they, let's romanticize their lives. It's it's this, they, it's the same. The Freddie Mercury movie went well. Now they're gonna do it for everyone. That's it. It's funny you say that Freddie Mercury movie, but that movie is, does not do Freddie justice at all. Well, I mean, it was popular, and that's all that really matters. Yeah. I remember how much of a cultural phenomenon that movie was. Yeah. Um, so this, the Skyfall director is planning to make not one, but four intersecting Beatles biopics, one for each uh, each perspective member. Follow, one following the perspective of each member, all due in cinemas in 2027. Um, the news was confirmed in a press release from Sony Pictures, who'll be producing the films alongside Mendez's Neil Street Productions banner. The project has been has received the blessing of Paul McCartney, Ringo Starr, and the families of John Lennon and George Harrison. While Apple Corp's uh, LTD have agreed to to full life story and music rights, it couldn't be more official. The four films will roll out across cinemas throughout 2027. The official release dates for each are yet to be confirmed, though the release. In a slightly strange turn of phrase, promises a quote innovative and groundbreaking nature for for the quote dating ca- uh, cadence of the films. Maybe watching them will feel like hearing "Tomorrow Never Knows" for the first time or something. Wow, innovative and groundbreaking. Oh I'm wow, I care uh, right now. That's crazy. Almost like the Beatle. I. <laughs> I don't care. I never plan on seeing one of these movies. I will probably watch them. I I think that the memes of like who <laughs> are playing the four Beatles are really funny. Thank. It's so unnecessary. Just, it's just unnecessary. I don't care. You know, I have I have very little against against the Beatles or their music. I, I don't think I've fooled me. I have. I don't think I listened. I don't think I've listened to a single Beatles song in my life. I just don't give a shit. You probably have, but it's like a cover or something. It must be. Yeah, yeah. it must be. I don't know. Um, but why I don't know. I movies because for each Beatles, for each, we have to respect all of them equally. It's so fucking dumb. Why four separate movies? You can tell they want money. Just like they're yeah. they're dragging it out as much as they can instead of making just like if they did one movie, I'd be like okay, I guess. But doing four separate movies seems like such a fucking stupid like, I mean also like how are you going to do one movie about the entirety of the Beatles like as much as we hate on them like they were otherworldly like, they were big like yeah. they were big and honestly like, I, they were such a, a cultural phenomenon that I would like a movie on their cultural impact and their fans and how that like affected like on, on their fan base and like how that you know what we got the movie yesterday <laughs> It's Where so... we had a CGI John Lennon come out. God, I... Like, it's so... I don't know. I find people are going through celebrity to celebrities of like, man, this person was really big. There's a cultural shift around them. Let's make a movie about it. And yeah, as we get the... more and more of them, they're going to be less and less interesting to watch. We just got the the Bob Marley movie. 
I'm actually very excited to see that. That one I'm actually kind of a little interested in. Yeah, I mean, I'm interested in seeing seeing it, but again, from what I've heard, it's another formulaic biopic with nothing really interesting. Although I will, and, you know, we can have a conversation all day about biopics and how rinse and repeat they are. But one, I will point out, though, that Rocket Man is really good because it's like a musical mm-hmm. uh, instead of just a straightforward biopic. And I mean, biopics aren't musicals in that when they are about famous singers. But like this one's a straight up musical. Didn't Taron Edgerton? Yeah, Taron Edgerton play... played uh, Elton John. Yeah. Nice. I need to watch that. Pretty good. Specifically for Taron Edgerton. <laughs> yeah. I we watch like, Sing. Like with biopics. Like, especially for musical artists, like, it really needs to get, like, what the message they were making and also what was, like, what was the vibe of what they brought? Like, what did they bring? And having, like, Rocket Man be a musical, perfectly in line. That makes so much sense. It's so fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, if, if it fully understands what the artist is actually trying to like portray what their message is, what they're like, what meaning they try to get across and how it like, and who their fans were and what, like what meaning it brought to the fans of mm-hmm. that artist. And it fully portrays that. And it fully like encompasses the emotions, the energy of whatever that is. But if it's just like a biography where it's like, this person was actually very complicated, complex and interesting. We're going to treat them like a, a drama main character instead of like, I don't know. It's just very weird how a lot of biopics lead into and how it kind of glorifies a person's life and the people around them, I mean, especially when they deal with tragedy. I mean, I guess that's kind of the point. But, and it also depends on who has creative control. You know, like the, the Queen biopic movie is very... It, it gets anti-Freddy at one point because Freddy's, you know, dead and Brian May and Roger Taylor are alive. I mean, so is, like, John Deacon, but I don't think he had anything to do with it. Um, And so they kind of, they changed, especially in that movie in particular, they changed some stuff around to make it more dramatic, and Mm -hmm. they kind of outcast Freddy because he he went on to do his solo career, when by that point, half the band had already done that already. So it, it it is a weird thing that people do with biopics, and I think we just, you know, stop making them. And actually, I'm going to, I am sending you guys a link, and in the Discord, what we're all going to do is all of us are going to watch this trailer uh, that is recent, re- recently released. I have not seen it all the way through yet. Um, all of us are going to just pause and watch this trailer, and then we're going to come back and talk about it. Cool. Okay. I want Kate Blanchett to step on me. I want her wearing this outfit to step on me and crush my esophagus. <laughs> um I also want Jamie Lee Curtis to <laughs> smother me. Uh interesting. Hmm. Hmm. I I don't know if I like the the shitting humor at the end <laughs> that goes on for Jack, way too long. Jack Black talking about yeah. shitting less. And then gets turned on by the fact that they're looking at yeah. her. 
I didn't love that. It didn't need to go on that long. Also, they're in a car for a while. <laughs> like yeah. they're in they're in the car for the majority of that trailer. It from for some reason it reminds me if Mad Max Fury Road and Jumanji and had Jumanji a... and Guardians of the Galaxy yeah yeah all yes. like smushed together. Um, I love the colors of this. The it, production design looks really it, cool. The colors really remind me of Mad Max Fury, Fury Road. I think Kate Blanchett looks amazing. As much as I love Kevin Hart and and uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, they just I I don't yeah. know if they fit in a universe like this. You know, I I don't know. It's also like why is Kevin Hart and things? Yeah, um, this is such a weird cast. It's a interesting, yeah. It's an interesting dynamic of characters. Yeah. Um. I also I I fucking hate trailers before the trailers. It's like the trailer starts now. Like, oh, just give me the goddamn trailer. Like I don't care if it's about to start. This. I know it's about to start. <laughs> this actually looks something I would looks like something I would really want to watch. I've never played Borderlands. I haven't I, played it either. I know nothing about it. I know. I, I feel like I've seen clips of the little kid character. Well, I don't know her name. Sure. Tiny Tina. Tiny Tina. I've seen clips of of uh, like of her, like her cutscenes or anything, but I I know very little about this game. But this trailer looks like something I would want to go see. Yeah. Personally. Um... Yeah, I've played these games. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of people that are angry about a lot of things about this because, you know, people who play video games. But, um, oh, yeah. I, the I also, movie was... <laughs> one thing I feel like we're going to see a lot of is a lot of, like, a lot of hate, especially towards Kate Blanchett. And why? the only reason why is because... Um, in the video games, Lilith, the character she plays, um, is very much like meant like it's video game hot woman, and people are gonna be like, "Oh, she's not hot enough to play this character." Oh yeah, yeah. like we're gonna get a lot of that. Um, Tiny Tina is a very popular character. She's meant to be very funny. So if the actress isn't as funny as people like want her to be, she's also gonna get a lot of hate. Kevin Hart, um. I think he's meant to be playing like Roland, who's like a military guy and not meant to be like a comedic guy, which is interesting. Yeah, I, I don't like comparing. I the thing is to me, it's like I'm gonna enjoy the movie for what it is, even if it's nothing like the video games at all, and it's just like, oh, this is the setting, Borderlands. Mm -hmm. But I feel like a lot of people are gonna be very angry because it seems like there's a decent amount different about it especially because yeah. like tiny teen is like a side character and not one of the main cast in the video games sure so like it, it people are going to be video uh gaming people are going to be angry and ultimately like if it's a fun movie i'm gonna enjoy it because it's separate yeah and... i i feel like so when i went into the fnaf movie i knew like a ton about it right and so I went into it with a certain expectation. However, I'm probably going to go into this movie how most audiences went into the FNAF movie. Like, not knowing anything at all. Just going to see a fun movie. So Honestly, yeah. I think that might be the best way to enjoy this movie. Because from what the trailer yeah. I've seen, 
Because yeah. I'm like, I, I don't know. It's definitely something where it's gonna. I feel like it's not, this movie might end up with a lot of mixed feelings, a oh, very sure. loud mixed feelings where people are gonna <laughs> poster loud mixed feelings everywhere. But yeah, yeah. I'm excited about it. Um, now moving on to something I know that I'm super excited about, and I know Gabe is super si- excited about, and I'm sure Jake, you are too. This is uh, another article from Empire written by James White. Nick Cage reportedly in talks for a live-action Spider-Man noir series. Nick Cage, the mascot of this podcast. (laughs) We should put him on the poster next to us. (laughs) That that is... I'm I'm excited for this. Yeah, I'm pretty excited for that. It's going to be interesting. I want them to hand it up all the way. The only thing I know about Spider-Man Noir is from obviously from Into the Spider-Verse and the that uh Spider-Man Shattered Dimensions game mm-hmm. where you get to play as Spider-Man Noir is pretty fun. Nice. Um so the article uh goes as follows. Cast your minds back to roughly a year ago when the exciting news broke that Into the Spider-Verse um writing slash producing duo Phil Lord and Chris Miller were working with um Oren uh uh, Uzel to bring a live-action version of Spider-Man Noir, a.k.a. the 1930s take on the web-slinger voiced by Nicolas Cage in the first Spider-Verse outing to screens via Sony Marvel's deal with Amazon. At the time, we were bemoaned the fact that Cage wasn't connected, but guess what? Sometimes the universe potentially delivers, as the Ankler has heard that he is in serious talks to star. Before we get too excited, talks don't always blossom into people actually appearing in movies or shows, but at the very least, it's a positive step forward. For the possibility of Cage donning the fedora and chugging egg creams while slugging, <laughs> slugging, um, I'm not going to say that word. It's certainly better news than the update on, on the other Sony Amazon spider series, Silk, which is seeing its, its writer's room paused while its show is creatively redeveloped. What the fuck is Silk? I don't know. <laughs> I think Silk is another, like, spider woman, like, who's, uh. I think she's just, like, another, like, I, I don't know. I think she's like some spider person that's not Spider Man or Spider Gwen or Spider Woman. Yeah, it's it's one of the eighteen that exist. Hmm. <laughs> um. Oh, uh, the article finishes. And will the noir show be shot in glorious monochrome? We can, but hope. At the very least, it could mean something positive growing out of SPUMC. Um, unlike the recent Cine Children. What? Cine Children? Cine Children? Recent Cine... Oh, like, it's referencing Madam Web. Who gives a fuck about Madam Web? Yeah. Um, it's basically shit... They're basically shitting on Madam Web. Yeah, and hoping well, so is everyone better. else in in both the cast and the people that watch it. Anyways. I think this would be really fucking cool if Nick... No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I no, I would definitely watch that. I I really hope that this is true. I can't think of anybody else that, that would. I'm in the like... shadows. <laughs> oh, man, I'm swinging. That was Elvis for no, a second. <laughs> oh, I'm swinging webs. Don't spoil. Oh, mama. Uh, if you like that impression. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like um, it. I'm excited. Like. Nicholas Cage is doing a lot. He's doing so much. And it's just really fun to see him, like, have fun doing everything. 
I'm I'm super excited about this. Um, but that is all the news I have for this evening. Uh, that will conclude our February special report. Uh, Jake, do you have any final comments? Any news worth sharing? Anything like that? Oh, news. Um, no, I don't. I don't <laughs> care about the news outside of this. So it's very much like a. <laughs> Jake gets like news, my news. This. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I don't. I don't go onto like online forums or articles or like watch like compilations of upcoming movies. I. I mainly just, I don't know. I, I, I think I miss most of the movies that come out, and don't realize that they exist, unless Ooh. it's like. There is a movie coming out that gave um stop your laughing fit for a second. Um, you, we were talking about a movie that was coming out this tomorrow. What what movie is it? That we wanted to go what? see. There's a movie coming out like tomorrow, <laughs> like a horror movie that we wanted to see. Um. Oh, uh, stop motion. Yes, thank you. Sorry, um, <laughs> Jesse gave me her ball to throw at her, and I did. And, <laughs> and it, <laughs> she's like on the couch waiting for it to be thrown, and then I threw it, but it bounced off the couch onto the coffee table and bounced back and hit her in the face. <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted you, Jake. Um, sorry. I there is a a horror movie that's that's coming out. I guess I got dropped today. But yeah, uh, stop motion looks uh, really good. I want to go see Lisa Frankenstein as well. I was done. Thanks. Go ahead, Jake. Why don't you finish this up? Floor is yours. Oh, um, yeah. So my takeaway from all this is the news. Usually sucks, but here it's fun. Thank you very much, Katie. What are your What are your two's takeaways from this week, this month? <laughs> my takeaways, uh, my takeaways. Don't do your own stunts if you are a prospective actor or actress. Don't do your own stunts. Um, and hopefully Marvel gets their shit together. Gabe. <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh. Don't get your news from us. As much as we are a good source for movie-related news, uh, go elsewhere for your news source. Yeah, please do not take this as your only source of news. Please, God. I don't be, am don't not, be like Jake. I am not an actual reporter. <laughs> Somehow worse than using Facebook news. Yeah, please don't. Please get your own news, do your own research. Um, yeah, this is get your news fun. from social media, from Twitter and Instagram <laughs> Twitter. and Facebook and all that bullshit. Oh yeah, I get my news from Twitter. From I know when I go there, I'll get some right ideas. Alright, uh, yes, thank you Katie for of today's course. episode. Uh, if you like this and you want to hear more, follow us on our social medias, bottom of the barrel on facebook and instagram bottom of the barrel pod at gmail.com if you want to shoot us an email two l's on the instagram and email uh follow us on tiktok follow us on twitter uh bottom of the barrel there as well follow us on all of your listening platforms if you so choose to do so and yeah and until then <laughs> 
I don't know. I was coming trying to come up with an outro, but it didn't work. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.